All right, it is now time for Talking Elite with the All Elite Zone podcast. And boy, do we have a fun podcast in line for you guys today. We are talking all about factions. So we're going to talk all the way from classic factions to the NWO to Bullet Club. It's going to be a fun show. So before we get started, let me introduce you to my tag team partners, my stablemates. He is the bad guy. He is Mr. Cool. Welcome, Connor. Welcome to the show, buddy. Yes, uh, great to be here. Uh, I thought you were talking about Adam there for a second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, great uh, to be on. All right, and let me introduce you to my other partner. He is the big sexy of the All Elite Zone podcast. Please welcome Adam. Hey, long time no see, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Welcome back, brother. We have missed you. It's good to hear I your voice. I you guys, too, so it's good to see you guys again. You know, it's it's crazy, you know. We've had, there's a lot of great factions and stories evolving factions um, happening on both WWE and, um, you know, and, you know, AEW. So I think that's one thing I'm glad that they've had that actually make it almost like a focus point in wrestling. Um Ethan um, is watching us. He's like, hey, hey guys, how you doing? Thanks for watching, Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> the big sexy comments. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, I think two, I think before we get like really going into like the, um, like, you know, the Monday Night Wars era, um, did you guys watch any of like the Freebirds and the, you know, Von Erics? I feel like that was like the first like two big factions in professional wrestling. I was I was more so four horsemen. So I was I was more so into those guys um growing up as a kid. Um granted I was born in the late eighties. So yeah. I had like a tail end of like their whole like um like their faction and they all split up to go to different companies. Um but I always loved when YouTube became a thing I'd go back and watch some of the old promos, some of their old matches you know, from uh, NWA days and, you know, um, um, what's that one? Rocky Mountain Wrestling. I think that was the one. Um, yeah. They, they yeah. were just all over the territories and every and, and Flair was the biggest name in that group. Um, but I was, I was an Arn Anderson guy. I freaking loved Arn Anderson. And I still do. So, uh, yeah, so I grew I, – I was big on the Four Horsemen for sure. All right, we good? Okay, yeah. Um, I think I feel like with the Four Horsemen, I feel like they were the most decorated factions, almost of that time frame, or even just in in general. They're you know they're probably you know tag team champions, world champions. You know, it's crazy like to see the careers of all original Four Horsemen in that group. Yeah. What was your fear? Um, who was your who was your favorite um in that group, Adam and Connor? Like, who was your favorite like? Who's your favorite four horsemen? Like I said, my my, 
Go ahead. Uh, are we talking about the original, right? The original Four Horsemen, yes, sir. So that would be uh, Flair, Arn, Tully, and uh, Ole Anderson? Yes. Well, that's tough. Probably Arn Anderson. I know a lot of people say Ric Flair, but... Woo! But, uh, yeah, probably Arn Anderson for me is very good in the ring. Uh, along with uh, him with Tully, like, they were also a tag team. Yeah. Uh, before they were... Uh, I believe so. Like they were attacked before they joined the Four Horsemen. Uh, probably Arn Anderson for me. Yeah, um, I agree on that one because if you look at it, especially with especially Arn and Tully are probably two of the best sellers of you know of their time or even now. Like just looking at their psychology, you know, it's kind of hard to compare you know between the two of them for sure. I mean, you also got to look too. You could see a lot of. Um... Arn Anderson style and his son now too. You know his son really yeah, does. Brock, lot, yeah, and Brock Anderson really carries a lot of his dad's old school style of wrestling. You know, with with the spine busters, with with working backs, with you know doing the holds and everything like that. He's really sticking because that's what Arnie Anderson did. Arnie Anderson was was an aggressive holder back in his days. You know what I mean? So like watching him now, you know, teaching a young generation, you know, is, is really awesome to see. That's why I like Martin. But, you know, again, you can't deny the fact of Ric Flair. You know, Ric Flair was pretty much a spokesperson for that whole action throughout the whole careers. Ric Flair is only a 16-time world champion. 16. 16-time. 16 you know, that's you know, that was, you know, looking at it, you know, back in that time frame, you seriously had probably three of the biggest factions um, right there. Um, I wish I would have watched more of the Freebird stuff. I watched some of the Von Erichs um, do their, you know, Dark Side of the Ring documentary. You know, that was where I kind of got a taste for them. The, uh, <laughs> the, the Freebirds, uh, the only one it doesn't I really know is Michael Hayes. And it's not even for his Freebird stuff. It's like watching Yeah, but there's a really good um, steel cage match um Eric and Ric Flair. Like, if you guys get the chance, uh, I think you guys should go watch it after this. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Hayes. Uh, like, I don't even know him for Freebirds. Like, just watching, like, old WWE <laughs> and stuff, like documentaries and stuff, and he's always on them. And then I uh, watched some like the Freebird stuff. I remember it was the Freebirds versus uh, uh, what was her name? Von Eric. Yeah. Uh, like old, 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 old. Michael Hayes with the blonde, long hair. Uh, he's really the only Freebirds uh, member I remember. Which I actually met one of the other members, and I don't even know his name. <laughs> I still love how, thanks to the Freebirds, we have entrance music now because it would come out to Freebird. I think that was. I mean, I'm so glad they did that because think about it now, like you know, almost a wrestler's entrance theme is almost as big as their character. And now we and talk. I mean. Years. Yeah, we talked about it before, but another thing that the Freebirds really did introduce was the Freebird rule. 
with yep. tag titles, you know, and they 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 invented that. So now factions nowadays that have like groups of three or four people, they can do you know two different people can hold the tag titles. Yeah, because was the was it the new day that brought back that role? The new actually the believe it or not, it was both five. It was it was Spirit Squad. Oh, Spirit Squad? Yeah, Spirit Squad. Really? Titles back in like the mid two thousands in WWE, uh, they reintroduced. They pretty much just basically reintroduced the rule, and it continued for a little bit until it kind of died down. I think it ended after like four did it, and then once the four went away, I think that's when the New Day came back and kind of re re reintroduced. Uh, the so basically, they, they're like the they're the, the second introduction of the Freebird role. Pretty, pretty much, yeah, they're pretty much the re huh. reintroduced. But Spirit Squad, there's like five guys in that group, and they yeah. all like they all got to share the titles. They all said we're all tag champs, <laughs> so they kind of reintroduced the Freebird rule. I forgot about that. I really because I didn't watch a whole lot of the Spirit Squad, and it's one of those ones that isn't Dolph Ziggler the only one that made it big out of that group? <laughs> out of all of them, pretty much. Yes, Nikki was his name, but I only liked yes. them because of their feud with DX. When, when they, yes, that was it was great. That time, so, they, like time, like, they picked up the big show, like all four, all five of them just picked up the big show, threw up in the air. And and uh, I, I'm, I remember we talking about DX because it was uh, all five of them, Vince McMahon, and wasn't it Shane Man all on the stage? And uh. I'm not gonna say what, what fell down from the sky. Uh, wasn't it? Was it the DX time or was it the uh, other? Hmm. I can't remember. Like it was one of those like weird time frames in wrestling. I feel like the tag tiles were getting hot potatoed like every five seconds during that time frame. Yeah. As well, I think yeah, what the Edge heads that won at one at one time with. You know, Zach Ryan and Kurt Hawkins before they became big. Um, I think, I swear, every, like, team had a chance with the, with the tag titles of that time frame. No, you also and remember... Having, you also had to remember the the brand split happened, too. So they kind of... Oh, that's they, true. They had the world tag titles, and then they reintroduced the SmackDown tag titles. So you yeah. had teams on both shows basically hot potato and both tag titles. Yeah, that's true. You know, I, I think that's kind of a, a good segue into Degeneration X and the Heart Foundation. You know, some of the, you know, some of the, you know, bigger, you know, factions on Raw. Um, what was like? Do you guys remember like when? Like, do you guys remember like? What was like your first experience like seeing something with Degeneration X? Like, what was like your first like introduction into that? Nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. Nineteen ninety six. Uh, I don't know if it was a pay per view or a Raw. But I know for a fact it was 96, 90, yeah, 96. Um, I think it was like DX in your I think it was the main event was uh, Shawn Michaels because Owen Hart left and then he came back and attacked Shawn Michaels at the end of this show. So um, I kind of remember that kind of time, and it was just it was just Sean, Triple H, and, and China at that point. Nobody else yet. Yeah, that was. I think looking at it, you know, I remember um, when I was first getting into wrestling because I went through like a lot. Like I went through like a net, back on Netflix back in the day. You know, this is 
this is kind of how old a millennial I am now, but um, back in the day, Netflix used to put out like good documentaries. I know the CM Punk one was on there at one time. Um, also was the D Generation X one. And I, you know, was kind of green when it comes, you know, came to being a wrestling fan and watching that, you know, DX documentary and what looking more at like the Monday Night War. Of course, I knew who Hulk Hogan was and Triple H, Shawn Michaels were just because they were on, you know, the was now forever post when it came up on, you know, Ron SmackDown. But going back and watching like how they were pushed, excuse me, I'm sorry, um, with how they were pushing the limits of like what they could say, couldn't do on TV. Um, it was just crazy to see that they got away with so much bullshit, man. They, in a good way, like, like look at like the whole. I think it's like the funny statement about looking at how you were going against the machine, but now you are the machine um, statement. Because look at all the shit they did to Vince McMahon, all the stuff they spewed on him. You know, having Vince McMahon said saying that he loves cocks, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like um, there was also the State of the Union address with, um, you know, with the whole. We will we will not say you know dick ass you know shit all those words on TV. Um, use that in context, you folks. So you know, don't demonetize this. But um, just looking at that, like how much fun that was in D Generation X. You had you know kids. You know well, there was like clips of kids like doing the whole suck it thing. And yeah. I you know it, it was probably one of the craziest well, times of um, wrestling. It really made story. the Monday Night War. A funny story. Uh... It was not a, it was not a, the uh, accurate documentary, but Road Dog was talking about it. Like, like parents were mad about them doing that. And apparently, <laughs> uh, like the parent that was telling Road Dog this, like their son went to school and told the teacher to. Suck it. <laughs> oh, a lot, of te- a lot of teachers got the sucking chant. Oh, I I totally I totally found a DX uh, two word suck it shirt back when I was a kid, and I wore it in junior <laughs> high, and I got in trouble. I, I got. <laughs> Like what? I was like, it's just a wrestling shirt. It's fine. It's, it's just. A... But also, my other favorite thing was uh, the Sergeant Slaughter because you remember Sergeant Slaughter was like the commissioner when they were like, yes. big, yeah. but he would he would lisp. So there was the one episode of Raw when he's like yelling at them and they wore the face like the mask, so they won't. <laughs> I, I was losing it at home. I was like, oh my god, that is too funny. Um, P Dog actually brought my probably one of my favorite moments in wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. when they invaded WCW on the tank, yeah, that was I was oh, man, because that led to you know, looking at how, how many, how many like different you know, think about it. looking at the elite, the elite spoofed it. Um, uh, but that was just that such an iconic, like you know, image yeah. of that you know, that time frame when everything was just so competitive and hot during that, that you know, that war, yeah. Uh, uh I, like I remember, like Kevin Nash and them saying, like they wanted them to come in and stuff. Like, like, <laughs> what, like what would have happened if they actually got in? Like, what would have happened? <laughs> like, would they have put them on air, or would there be a? Back- oh no, there'd be a lot of issues in that one. Like, what would have I mean, really happened? I mean, back then, back then they were still trying to save like kayfabe. You know, they yeah. they they didn't want two companies intermeaning, you know, inter- intermingling with each other. But knowing that so many wrestlers jump ship. You know, from one show to another, and it's still happening now. Yeah, it was so like it was just so rare. You know that they they took. I mean, that was during their Attitude Era. You know, it was basically what can we do to cross the line, and that that was it. You know, and I think that was a good group too, because you had some really good members in that group. Uh, Triple H actually being the leader, with China still there. Then you had the New Age Outlaws coming in, and then you had yeah. I think 
that iteration of a VX like literally transcend like professional wrestling back in that era. Nothing, to, nothing against like the form of it with Sean and, and Trips and China, but that group, you know, the night after WrestleMania 14, when when Triple H was like, you know, hey, you turn to the click, and then here comes Sean Waltman naked, yeah. out. You're like, holy crap, we're starting, a, we're starting a new faction. Like this is huge. So, you know, I think that was what I think that's when really X Pac started. Um, I think more shining on himself because I know it was the one, two, three kid before, but I feel like with, when he joined up with DX and brought the you know Xbox moniker, and then later on with six, you know, he really stepped up and man, he put on some pretty good bangers just by himself. And then I think he brought a good character. Well, everybody, everybody in DX was just everybody was so unique and different, you know, especially when, um, you know, when you had China, you know, Triple H. You know, Shawn Michaels, you know, literally showing their asses on TV weekly. <laughs> yeah. You know. Like you know, literally, like literally showing their ass. Yeah. You know, and it's crazy with the click. You know, if you're looking at the click, you know, though almost all four of those guys had probably some of the best you know, some of the best, you know, wrestling careers in history. And then looking at it where, you know, Kevin Nash and you know, the bad guy Razor Ramon, you know, Scott, you know, Scott Hall jumped ship. And join up with Hulk Hogan and form the NWO and WCW. Um, Adam, I know you you lived through it. What was it like seeing Hulk Hogan turn heel? So it was crazy because, you know, I had that time where, like, you know, I was jumping back and forth between, you know, WWF at the time and WCW. They had that Monday Night War. So I was switching between Nitro and Raw, and I was doing all this. And you got to remember, Raw, some of the Raws were taped. Um, right. so, and a lot of WCW was live. Um, so when I watched Nitro the night after Bash at the Beach, which is, I think, where Hogan debuted and turned, I, I was in shock because he's always the face, you know, he's always a good guy, you know, in the eyes of audiences, you know, and I'll never forget, you know, uh, I keep forgetting which announcer, Bone. He's like, Hulk Hogan has portrayed WCW. Like, it was like, wait, what? Like, what's going on here? Like, it was such a huge such a rating for WCW because at that point, the second that Hulk turned here, that was the ratings boost that WCW got that basically ran. Um, it was a 90, was it 92 weeks? It was like 92 to like 99. So, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was a genius idea to turn a meal. It was probably the biggest moneymaker, you know, WCW had at that time. You know, looking at the NWO, like they were literally causing heck on the whole brand. But then it became, we're, you know, we're too cool for school kind of mentality. And it felt like everybody was joining the NWO towards the end there. You also have to remember, too, that at some point during that, NWO actually split into two factions because you had the NWO black and white, and then you had NWO Wolfpack. Oh, yeah, you had the Wolfpack. I forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, you had two different factions of NWO just basically overtaking WCW. And basically every week, that was a storyline, was who's joining black and white and who's joining Wolfpack who's switching sides that basically I feel became their downfall because it was like too much NWO 
when you split the black and white to a to, to pack, it just basically just it just basically took over WCW television. And then you got the BWO, the LWO. Yeah, Latino World. <laughs> I actually like yeah. the LWO. It was pretty good. But the Blue World Order, man, I love I love Blue Media. That I was like, Blue great. like weren't they like a ripoff of WCW, like an ECW? Yeah, it was like an ECW yeah. spoof. Yeah, it was basically so what if you've ever seen the documentary The Rise and Fall of, of ECW, um, they actually interview um Stevie Richards. And he basically said him and Blue Meanie just like they would parody a lot of things. You know, they would parody the Freebirds, they parody, parody the Von Erics, you know, they do all these parodies. And then, you know, with the NWO, they, they just parodied it and brought in Nova. And, and they just they just did BWO and it just took over. And I thought it was genius. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's, it's crazy to look at, you know. Because I didn't really know a whole lot about like what happened with the Wolfpack and and the NWO. All I know is there, I know there was like a whole bunch of you know different side factions going on. So yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of jumping. There's a lot of switching sides, basically. And like I said, that basically took over a lot of WCW program. I mean, honestly, there's still some good matches, but but the storyline of the two NWO factions basically the whole show. just took the whole over, show. over WCW, and that was that was part of their downfall i remember jericho talking about it it was like everything was like nwo 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 like all they were there for was to lose every week get me every week playing people over and 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 like that's when him guerrero i think it was benoit and malenko uh, i think they were the first four really to jump ship well besides x-pot because uh yeah He's actually the only member to be an NWO and DX. Um, but I believe all for them was the first really four to jump over from WCW to WWE or you know, WWF. Yeah. Uh, which uh, the NWO was, yeah, it was a downfall because uh, mainly I'd say Kevin Nash. And it was, uh, would you consider Eric Bischoff? Yeah, he, he was kind of a member. Uh, it just got to the point where the whole show was NWO, 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 and like, 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 didn't have NWO branded shows? Like, it wasn't even a WCW show. It was like uh, NWO World. What was it called? Uh, didn't they have a pay per view? Yeah, or... branded pay per view. Yeah, they had a branded pay per view. I can't remember the name of it, but they did. see here. I believe it was NWO Worldwide, but I could be wrong. But I remember what you mean, Connor. They the, Those four jumped ships from WCW to WWF and actually became known as the Radicals. Because also, yeah. very Saturn jumped over with them to WCW. Because I remember, uh, isn't this like a memory that like, all four of them, was like, like they just showed up and it was like front row. And then like, at that time, like there was no... Dave Meltzer or anything like that. <laughs> so everyone thought that they were there to invade, kind of like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall. And, <laughs> and, and like that's what. Uh, so what that back then would draw big because, uh, you know, there was no internet really. Yeah. Uh, they have a hotline though. Hotline, yeah. The hotline. <laughs> um, uh, also, go, going back to the NWO, so they had so far. I'm seeing three different pay per views. They had the NWO sold out. 
NWO Uncensored, and NWO Slamboree. A lot of it. A lot of NWO. <laughs> but no, going back to Invasion stuff, too, like ECW was starting to do that a lot with WWF. Yeah. Because yeah. ECW showed up at King of the Ring the one year, and then they returned for uh, Mind Games, and they actually allowed – ECW to be like front and center, and then they allowed ECW to be on Raw one night, like in the in the late nineties. So I mean, it wasn't nothing like new of like guys jumping ships to a different company and yeah. becoming a faction over there because they were brand new. Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah. I know. Like WCW murdered ECW. Like Eddie Guerrero, Benoit, Jericho. Uh, blue at one point, uh, a lot of the luchadors, uh, and a lot of people. Well, if you watch the documentary, but ECW actually helped WWE win the Monday Night Warrior because they did. I started adapting the hardcore, and then that's when they brought in like basically an invasion of uh, ECW, like Tommy Dreamer. Uh, like there's a lot of them I'm forgetting, but. Uh, like they used ECW's format and their own product, and it got them over. And basically, WCW copied them into a hardcore title and tried to copy that. Crazy that, you know, just looking at WWE's power, because think about it, they had both factions from WCW and ECW after both shows closed. And then, especially the ECW angle, I feel like they kind of just. Like imagine when they bought it, like it was the actual NWO, yeah. like Ho- like when they first bought like the invasion, Hulk yeah. Hogan, Sting. Imagine if it was that, but it wasn't. And like I said, I have a lot of respect for Sting for not wanting to go to WWE at the time. Yeah, he didn't go for a long time, which he it kind of paid out because TNA he had some of those memorable matches of all time. Yeah. He, also had, he also had some memorable moments, you know, <laughs> like yeah. Let's, let's not forget the whole Jeff Hardy under the influence was, uh, thing. And, and yeah. Right here. About it. Right here when he won the NWA title. Right here when he went against uh, Jeff Jarrett. Uh, we won right here with some lockdown. Two, first lockdown with Jeff Jarrett. Uh, but I think the most memorable was with, when he, he no-sold the Jeff Jarrett uh, guitar. I love his no-sells. I think Sting had some of the best no-sells in history. Like I like just watching it at in the middle of the night. I'm asleep and I wake up and then all I hear all I hear is a uh, guitar smash and just Sting popping up and I feel like I think Sting and Undertaker had some of the best pop ups in history. Yeah. And I yeah. and it's very sad that the, I mean that was a dream matchup that people really wanted to see with Sting and Undertaker. So you know it, uh, yeah I know we've talked about it many times but it sucks that we'll never see it. And it could have happened, but I think it will happen on WWE 2K23. Yeah, so check out our <laughs> yeah, check out our live stream coming. We both, we all three of us decided to buy the game. Yeah, yeah, it's just crazy. Like they really, like WWE dropped the ball with Sting. I think that's something AEW's done right with him. They've kept his yeah. you know legacy legendary. And I feel like the only person that will get the pinfall for Sting will be Darby eventually. Yeah, so. I. Uh... I wonder who what will be his final match. I, I think I it'll thought, be Darby. I don't want to be Goldberg, but Goldberg hasn't ever put on a match, a, a decent match in his entire life. So, I mean, he was just an oddity. I think he was like, you know, before we get going on, 
you know, factions. But, you know, think about it. He was kind of – Goldberg was an oddity. He, you know, was, he, was, just, uh, he was built he, to be a monster. Well, even Bischoff said that he was basically uh, a ripoff of Stone Cold. Because at, at the time, like, Stone Cold was big and everything. And they wanted their own Stone Cold. So Goldberg, football player, looks Jack, put him in – like, what was the uh, WCW training thing? Uh I think it was called, but uh, Batista was there, and they told Batista he would never make money. Like, like there was a lot of people, like the Undertaker. Like, oh, like, you're talking, you're talking about WCW Power. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, the power, power, plant. power plant. Oh, power plant. Yes, power plant. Power plant was the name of their wrestling school. Like, they told a bunch of these people that they would never make money. Uh, but anyways, uh, basically, they was putting in the ring, taught him a few moves, and that was that. Talk about good training there. But it's and amazing. He, it's amazing. Bret Hart's career because he has not let that live down. And it's amazing that they told the Undertaker he never make money, and then he be, he's probably one of the most like most well off wrestlers in the world. Yeah, he blew them out of the water. This thing about it, he's what when people ask you know people think wrestling is what the number two, maybe behind John Cena on that list of wrestlers that you think of when, he, when people say. Sports entertainment. Uh, maybe number sports one. Entertainment. Well, balls, maybe. Uh, I'm actually gonna do that one of these days. Like just, just go and ask people. Uh, what do you know about wrestling? And see who they, who's the first person they say. That would be fun. Uh, that's actually a good social experiment. Yeah, I, I'm down for that. Um, now, since we're kind of in the topic of evolution. What did I loved Evolution? I think that was probably one of my favorite. Yeah. I wish favorite I, story I wish I could play that like like that beginning of theme song. I could sing it. Evolution is a mystery. <laughs> Evolution. Um, man. Well, one Lemmy is just one of the best like singers just yeah. in, in rock. And then having that 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 cool like I think that was probably one of my favorite theme songs of any of the factions on this list. Um, but looking yeah. at it, you know, with Ric Flair, Batista, Triple H, and Randy Orton, you know, you have the two young guys of Batista and Randy Orton. And then you had you have the game that was already a well-established world champion. And then you had your 16-time world champion veteran that was, you know, that was in that stable. And, man, they were a dominant force back in the day. Yeah, I believe at one time, uh, Triple H world champion, Batista and uh, Ric Flair tag and then Orton Intercontinental. Such a crazy combination. Who yeah, was, who was supposed to be? You guys know that at one point, what had happened was, and I watched this because I watched the the documentary on it um, on Peacock. Um, what happened was was Batista got hurt, um, and actually, both him and Randy both got hurt in a tag match against the Dudleys on TV. And what happened was, was Randy came back quick, but Batista was out for a while. And what happened was, is they replaced him with Mark Jindrak for a little bit. Oh, really? Um, so Mark Jindrak was supposed to was gonna was gonna be a replacement. And what happened was, was because he was still immature and he was bringing like Randy Orton down to that immaturity level. Trips and 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 Rick were like, this thing's gonna die unless we do something because they just idiots. He's like when Mark's not there, Randy's a good guy. You know, he's 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 a gentleman. He's all that. But when he's with Mark, they're just immature. So if you note, if you notice some of the old vignettes 
Yeah, sorry. I didn't have time to use my mute button. I'm sorry. There's a vignette that Mark Jindrak, but they cut it and replaced it with Batista because Batista just came back strong. So it was actually supposed to be Mark Jindrak, but but they got cut him quick. And 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 it became what it was. So it was. So it was supposed to be Mark Ginger, I think, instead of Randy Orton. Yeah, it was supposed to be Mark instead of Batista. Oh wow! Yeah. So, but but because Batista was scared because you know this was their chance for Randy and Batista to actually learn under someone like Triple H and, and Ric Flair. And actually, if you watch this this because it's on the um, um, Ruthless Aggression series, on Hulk, they, they interview them about this 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 um, this the, the group. And Ric Flair was in a bad place. Like he didn't want to walk through curtain. Like he didn't. He couldn't find himself in that area. He was just he felt out of date. And then Triple H kind of brought him back. You know what I mean? So it's like Triple H basically was the mastermind behind this whole idea, and it really showed on screen. Yeah, I think that was one of the you know that was probably like really the only like last good faction for a while until. Until really, you know, the Shield and, and Bullet Club happened in New Japan, and maybe Aces and Eight and Impact, but you know that was some of the best storytelling, you know, in the company and the downfall of Evolution, you know, w- when they turned on Randy Orton. Um, that was like probably you know. I feel a little bit like the Bloodline when they turned on Sami Zayn. Yeah, but uh, I believe Randy Orton won the world title, and then. It was the thumbs up, and then the thumbs down. It was the, th- the simple, and then Batista won the Royal Rumble, I believe. And yeah, like it was basically SmackDown or Raw, and then it ended up doing the same thing: the thumbs up and the thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. Would you guys like to see Evolution be introduction as like introduction as a team into the Hall of Fame? Yeah. I thought they already were, or am I not? Am I am I a little bit behind on that? I don't know. Um, Evo- Evolution's not. I think D- DX is DX, DX is evolution's oh, yeah. not yeah okay it's DX it, it was I think DX and NWO I believe are in there as well but, but Evo- I, think I think evolution was, maybe in five years maybe like I put the NWO but they could literally had that stage full of people yeah. if, if they would have brought every member of the NWO like you, you have to bring in uh, Buff Bagwell Booker T Sting. Yep. Uh, Oh, there's so many people they put in that. I forgot game. about. I forgot Buff was in it. Yeah, they put everybody on the roster basically in it. Yeah, I think, I think the only person yeah. who didn't join was Goldberg, I believe. I you know, I think. Lo- yeah, I think looking at it now, like you know, you started having groups like the Spirit Squad. Um, yeah, yeah, and then you yeah. have the next. You have the Nexus. Oh, now, yeah. I I love the because I love the idea of Nexus. I like the idea. Um, especially when Daniel Bryan got fired for, uh, was it Justin Roberts? He strangled with his tongue. Yeah, he, he he choked him. He got fired. For that? Like yeah, he got yeah. fired. Wow. He got fired. They I didn't know it was a little bit. Yeah, because I remember they pushed the announce table and Jerry Lawler. I beat up Jerry Lawler and I took Joe, Justin Roberts' shirt off. <laughs> yeah, Justin Roberts. I never seen him without a shirt on until that moment. See, they had. I thought the Nexus had a lot of promise going into it. I really did, but then, 
you get squashed by Super Cena. Yeah, and the funny thing, the funny thing with that is, I think they were supposed to go over in that in that SummerSlam match. Yeah, they, they were supposed to go over, and then I guess last minute there was a change because Cena wanted the crowd to go home happy. So he's like, "No, I'll just win. It's fine." So it's like Cena kind of put like, I wouldn't say like a shovel to the idea of Nexus, and that's funny too, because. Like the wolf pack splitting off into two, yeah. the Nexus did the same thing because the Nexus split off to a new Nexus and then the core. Yeah, yeah. So you had those two factions kind of butt heads sometimes too. Didn't you? Wasn't CM Punk leader of the new Nexus? No, uh, yeah. I didn't know that. Well, Wade Barrett retired. John Cena, kind <laughs> of, kind of. Yeah, like he beat him, and he said that he would have to leave WWE. Mm-hmm. He ended up coming back the same night. So, but <laughs> the uh, Nexus stuff, like they really established the next generation kind of. Uh, Wade Barrett, I, I really loved him on the mic with that accent. Yeah. Uh, even with the, uh, this is an unknown, I still don't even remember this group, but the uh, League of Nations. Uh, Wade Barrett. What about League of Nations? Wade Barrett, Miro, uh, Famous, and. Uh, Alberto Del Rio. <laughs> like I actually really, really like that group, uh, but then they ruined that. Yeah, I feel like like after the Nexus, I feel like WWE kind of really messed around with factions, and I think really what the next great faction after the Nexus was the Shield, wasn't it? Or did I miss anybody? Nexus. Uh, then you have the core. No, I missed um, Social Outcast. Soul Shotcast, but three man band, um, three man band, three man band. But they kind of, it was kind of a goofy act. But oh, it was uh, Cody. It, it wasn't goofy when two thirds of your team won world. <laughs> yeah, and then you had Cody, or you had was Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, and um, Legacy oh, Yossi Jr. Uh, that was Legacy. Legacy. Yeah, Legacy. I forgot about Legacy. Um, that was basically the 2.0 of evolution, kind of. Yeah. Because, well, technically, there was four members in Legacy with Randy Orton, Ted DiBiase, Junior, Cody Rhodes, and the uh, was a Samoan guy. He was... Uh, Mano. Yeah. Mano? Yeah. But wasn't he only in there for like a brief time? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he didn't really pan out. Yeah. Well, a lot of people don't... Well, Ric Flair was actually a member of that group for two nights. Well, two uh, nights? Wow. A night, I believe. And then Randy Orton, uh, well... Kicked him in the head. <laughs> Love he a good orange punt. Like he ended up beating up both of Dusty uh, Rhodes and Ted DiBiase in front of their sons. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that was not a short-lived. Uh, but there could there could have been potential there as well. I like the next. Uh, like a, a, probably one of the most underrated people in that group is Justin Gabriel. Yeah, Justin uh, Gabriel, the Cape Town Werewolf. I loved. Like the I thought he was movie, my fair high flyers. Like the first movie he does, like there's only two ropes, like one on the top and one on the bottom, because they didn't destroy the ring, and he isn't doing a 450 splash. It's only like holding his balance. Like the ring's all messed up. Daniel Bryan, world champion. Uh, probably one of the most underwhelming was probably David Otunga. Uh, well, I don't know. Heath Slater was good. He was good. You know, uh, yeah, he's got kids. He's got kids, yeah. man. I he's got slayer. kids. 
Uh, Bray Wyatt was actually in that group for a little bit. Husky oh, Husky Harris. Harris. Yeah. That Dude, didn't last no time, but he was there. I'm so glad he repackaged himself as Bray Wyatt. Darren Young was there. Darren, I forgot about Darren Young. Was it Curtis Axel? Curtis Axel, yeah, he was in that group. Yeah, I think who's all? That was a that was an interesting faction. Like for it had at least I think I think that's what they did right with the Shield. I feel like and then basically like, yeah. CM Punk got in charge and basically it's basically a cult. Like he would what? <laughs> I can't believe my sister. He would actually whip them if they did bad. See what is it with CM Punk and having cults? <laughs> Like he, I, I remember one time that he had his belt and he, he like oh, yeah. beat up, he built his Slater or something with the belt. <laughs> no, because he also did. We skipped it, but he also did the Straight Edge Society. Yes, the Straight yeah, Edge Society. Yeah. I've almost yeah, forgotten about that. Straight Edge Society. Yeah, yeah. yeah Wasn't it with Serena Deeb and um? With Serena Deeb and um. Oh, Doc Gallows. Doc Gallows. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Joey, Joey Mercury for a little bit. Oh, Joey, Joey Mercury. Mercury. Yes. yes yeah. And then so, he shaved his head and he had to wear the mask. And, he wore the mask because he lost to, who was it, Rey Mysterio? Yeah, it was either hair, he had to shave his hair or Rey Mysterio. It was mask. hair versus mask. Yeah, I remember versus that. Mask. Yeah. Isn't that when CM Punk started wearing a mask too for it, that weird couple? Yep, he had to shave his head. Like a weird time, wasn't that? And then, yep. so, and then TNA, so, uh, then TNA, because there, I was that. I said, go ahead, Connor. Oh, I was gonna say, and then uh, I think basically after the Nexus during that time period, TNA started having their own factions. Yeah, uh, Ace and Eight. I, like the like the Man of it Mafia. Man of it Mafia. Uh, who was it? Was Sting? Uh, Smojo. Kurt Angle, I believe. And they had uh, Fortune. Then they had uh, TNA had a lot of groups during that time period. <laughs> Well, no. I was gonna, I was gonna say too. I know we've been talking about a lot of male factions, but you guys gotta remember that they tried a lot of female factions too. Oh, that's and true. I don't want to okay. shed light on that for people who don't remember that in some of the early days of pro wrestling. Like you had yeah. the beautiful people oh, in TNA. Oh, yes. Yeah, you had the beautiful yeah. people in TNA, and then like with the Diva Revolution, you had like you know Becky Page, uh, Becky Page, and like someone like they had Team Bad, Team PCB. Like Paige, Charlotte, Becky, and then T-Bat. But they had all these women factions too um, going on, not just guys. And I, I don't know why, but you can tell the audience wasn't really behind the female factions. Um, except, like I said, maybe in TNA with the beautiful people. They got yeah. a lot of reactions uh, in TNA with that. <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. If you, uh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch that because I, 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 I mean, to be honest with you, I had no idea that was a faction. The beautiful people, yeah. yeah. And oh, then they, they, didn't they have like, like, awesome Kong come in and try to like destroy the whole group? Like, I think yeah. so. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, they had like awesome Kong come in, like beat up all the be- like the the women on the roster. She had a really good feud with Gail Kim, though. They had a really good feud in TNA. Have you ever yeah. seen the uh, beautiful people's uh, like entrance line? Uh uh-uh. uh, I'll have to go. I'll watch it once I'm done. It's an entrance you'll never forget. Yeah, yeah. Like almost <laughs> as good as the Kelly Kelly entrance, or is it better? Oh no, 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 no. Way no. better. It's not like any Kelly Kelly. Oh, <laughs> like on a scale of one to dang. I I think I think you should look at it right now. Speaking right. of Kelly Kelly, she also did expose and ECW revive. Yeah. 
they had the expose yeah. group. Like there was a bunch of girls that were just like half naked, <laughs> like strippers in ECW. It was like, uh, what the hell are we okay. doing? I'm pretty right. sure like, there's a TNI beautiful people insurance or something. Okay, let me yeah. watch this. Okay, bear with us. All right. <laughs> oh my gosh, this is like interesting. So, um, for those of you guys, I'm sorry, we're, I know we're not, I mean, we don't want to do like a watch along with this, but yeah. oh my gosh, um, no wonder why a lot of fans are going to TNA. Jeez. Well, oh, that was, uh, you see what the world is? TNA and TNA. Well, <laughs> who, who was it that? Uh, who was it that called? Was it Disco Inferno or who was it that called Tits and Ass? Oh man, <laughs> so, so, someone called it that. Probably Disco Inferno. That sounds like what he would say. Disco Inferno. Yep. Well, oh, like it was early, early TNA days, and he was saying lots of he shouldn't be saying, and then he <laughs> said that TNA because at the time TNA had like. Uh, basically strippers. Uh, it was NWA TNA. And they basically had, like people, like women in these, what were they called, like cage things? Like they were just like strippers, basically. Oh, they were like dancing in those yeah. cages. <laughs> yeah. I mean, WC, WCW did that a lot too. They had like the Nitro Girls and like yeah. like the girls on the stage dancing. So, but I thought I'd bring that into you guys that that they had female wrestling factions yeah. too. I, yeah, they're just I crazy. No so that I just thought of it. But yeah, even besides people's entrance, they did a lot of stuff that uh, a lot of stuff you won't see in a woman faction. Hmm. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I think that's. Oh, I know we have the outs or the outcast or outsiders, what they're called now, with uh, in AW. So hopefully they'll go somewhere with that. I mean, you, yeah. you would have to think they're going somewhere with it. Um, yeah. With, with having them as a faction now. So, I mean, they're already, you know, feuding with AEW originals. So it's like yeah. they, they got to go somewhere with it. You know what I mean? Do they add more people to the Outcast? You know, are they going to get more people back for the originals than have people join that team? Yeah. I mean, there's there's a storyline to it. So, yeah, yeah that's nice. I'm, ho- I'm hoping they, because there's a couple things I want them to change. Hopefully they'll do better on just I know we've just criticized it here. But, um so I think now like we're kind of more going into the modern era of uh like last ten years of some of the best um factions that we've had. Um I know for me one of the craziest factions I remember debuting uh was the Shield. They're supposed to and they were supposed to be part of CM Punk's uh storyline, but having those guys kind of go off and do something really cool with the Shield. Um, what did you guys think of the Shield when they made that huge debut? You all right, Connor? Yeah, just one of the comments. Nope. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Do you want me to pull it up before I start talking about the Shield? If you want to? Yeah. All right. So uh, Ethan. Okay, so I'll, I'll actually. Ethan says, "Beautiful people was hot. It's fire." And then Jason, I want a beautiful faction with Lena Paul, Mia Markova, Alba Danger, and Carly Gray. Um, am I missing something? Are those like wrestlers? Or are they like adult entertainers? Those are not wrestlers. They're adult no. entertainers. Okay, that's they're, yeah. They, <laughs> they're in a different. I get they're as some kind of entertainment 
that's yeah. kind of scripted as well. Oh, that's funny. Well, they kind of had wrestling matches. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Already getting controversial, I see. Okay. Kind of. Uh, I guess I guess I'll go with the with the question lane about the shield, but if we can get back on track. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was cool. Um a cool kind of formation of the group. And you know, you you know, saw that they were doing their stuff down in FCW. Um and uh, you know, they came through to get uh, all three just they're like, Yeah, we'll put you together and they you know, they're power bombing, you know, right back through a table and then, you know, hacking you know, all these, you know, Cena, they're attacking all these wrestlers. And you're like, what is going on here? And then I was familiar with, with Seth Rollins back when he was Tyler Black. Yeah. Honor. When he was Ring of Honor, he was Tyler Black. Um, I knew who he was. Um, I wasn't really familiar with uh, Roman um, at all. And I was a little on Moxley back with his back in his uh early days of CZW when he had the pink hair. Um, I love pink hair Mox. Yeah, so I mean I though two of the three I guess I were familiar with a little bit more Tyler Black than the other two. Um but I was I just wanted to see if it would run its course or where it would run. And it actually ran for a long time. Yeah. I did not expect that faction to last more than maybe a year. You know, and it lasted about three. So yeah. I mean, I mean the the fact that it debuted and it was a good debut. I, I will admit it was probably um, between that and the formation of New Day. I think kind of puts me up there best formation of factions. Yeah, um, as far as like for the modern at times now, you know, the last decade. Um, so yeah, no, I thought it was a good debut. They debuted at Survivor Series, right? Yeah. I, uh, I can't really comment anything on the debut because uh, was that the time you weren't watching? Yeah, I got out of. Uh, I was watching wrestling, uh, basically in the Regis Aggression era. Well, I was born in two thousand one. Yeah. But I went back and watched the entire wrestling history, the entire wrestling landscape, basically. Connor, <laughs> um, you just made me feel old when you said that. Same. I watched wrestling, uh, I said 2005, but it was TNA. Uh, TNA was the promotion I really got hooked into. But uh, WWE, I was watching probably 2008. Uh, I don't know now. I don't know. I watched it for a long time. 2011, Brock Lesnar came back. I was done. Yeah. Brock Lesnar comes back. I was watching again. Uh, but. Of course, I did go back and watch that. Uh, you know, Seth Rollins, uh, well, Tyler Black, Ring of Honor, Moxley, yeah. CZW, Roman Reigns, uh, Duke football player uh, as well, uh, FCW. Uh, yeah, uh, Davey was kind of almost like a nexus, but they just destroyed it. They destroyed the rain. Uh, yeah. Uh, trying to remember some things about the shield. Because I think for me, they're part of Dusty Rhodes's last match, last pay per view match. Um, it was the Shield versus uh, Gold Dust, Cody Rhodes, and Dusty Rhodes. Mm-hmm. And that one was very emotional. I remember, I remember watching that one. I'm like, was like, it Stardust? It was, no, this is before Stardust. 
Awesome. Yeah, this was yeah, this was way this, not way, but a little bit before Stardust. Yeah, this is right before um, Cody was Stardust and then jumped ship. Um, but I remember like watching that that with the Evolution feud, and then having Triple H come out with the sledgehammer and be like, "We all have a plan B." And then that's when and when Seth Rollins turned on his brothers. That was probably one of the most emotional like heel turns. And just because they were so brothers, and it was sad to see that split. And then, of course, you know, one of the worst factions, in my opinion, the Authority angle line was just it was okay, but it was just Roman Reigns versus the Authority, John Cena versus the Authority. It kind of got old after a while. Um, but it had one of the best, like, I guess, conclusions to like the story. And then you had sub stories going off with Dean Ambrose, you know, John Moxley, and, and then Seth Rollins. And then Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns. Like, I think, I think they've done a good job of tying the roots in, like they did with like you know the NWO or Degeneration X. And then you know, looking at all three of them are you know multi champions right now. Yeah, I think uh, Seth Rollins had probably his biggest run once he turned on the shield. Uh, I would say once he became WWE champion, he he cashed in WrestleMania. He. Uh, was 227 days. Uh, he won the WWE title and United States title on the same night. Uh, he beat Sting. Uh, like I feel like everyone had a great payoff when they when the shit was done. Like Mock uh, with Dean Ambrose, yeah, Roman Reigns and Rollins. Uh, I think one of my favorite yeah. Shield matches was uh, Shield versus the uh, Evolution. Yeah. Even though Rick Floyd was involved, I like it's not Evolution, but like. Of course he couldn't have re- well i don't know he, he, he probably would have wrestled i don't know he didn't have his last match just barely so you know he, he probably still could have i think at that time he was wrestling in tna he, him and hulk hogan teamed up yeah and while that was going on let's hop across the pond to japan and um something when, you know probably one of the yep. biggest factions in new japan bullet club you know, yeah. I remember I had no idea like what this faction was really until Cody Rhodes. Prince um, Devitt. Yep, Prince Devitt. And, he was the know, uh, he was the one that started it, I believe. He was he was the uh, he was the one that created the group. Yeah. Yeah, Prince Devitt was the original because he was what the original Gaijin, and then yeah. you know having that whole like because that's only with Japanese cultures they're very um, they don't at least in wrestling culture the story goes they don't really appreciate Gaijin talent. Um, and then, you know, and then everything would happen with Prince David and then transitioning to AJ Styles, to Kenny Omega, to, you know, there was a lot of great stories that came with Bullet Club. And it was crazy. Like, for a while there, I just saw Bullet Club shirts, like, and no matter if you were watching NXT, Raw, SmackDown, every promotion, you would see the, the black and white logo everywhere. You know, and looking at how far Prince David has come since then, and I'll sing some of the directions Bullet Club has gone in, good and bad. Uh, you know, looking at this, you know, look at the story with um, AJ Styles and Kenny Omega. That hopefully one day, maybe we'll get a conclusion to that, um, where you know Kenny turned on Styles after you know having to starve himself to be a junior heavyweight. Styles was the main attraction, and then Kenny becoming the leader of Bullet Club. You know, look at all the talent that. Bullet Club really made a lot of great, you know, talent for AEW. You know, looking at, you know, you know, looking at the Bucks, looking at, you know, Kenny Omega. You know, Kenny Omega already had a good 
you know, good following, but he really became a superstar, you know, really when he joined Bullet Club. And I'm looking at, you know, looking at Adam Cole. You know, Adam Cole, you know, ended up becoming his own faction leader, you know, in NXT, you know, with the uh, uh, Undisputed Era. So, man, Bullet Club, like, for a while there, they were, like, the most popular, let's just say wrestling entity. That's what it was. Like, people were buying Bullet Club shirts in Hot Topic just because yeah. it looked cool. Yeah. Not really knowing what wrestling was. So, that you know, it's a hit, like, DX and NWO because they kind of stole the the too sweet. Um, yeah. And then, of course, you know, some of my fair, you know, some fair moments with it. I loved when they invaded Raw, when they, when they spoofed the uh, Degeneration X, you know, invasion, where yeah. they went into a limo and they're able to get back, you know, back into the parking lot. I remember, uh, who was it? It was, uh, it was someone that said, uh, AJ, Gales and Madison Valor, we're here to save you. <laughs> crazy, uh, you know, crazy looking at that now, especially Cody. Cody. Yeah, he's one that he's one that started that. He's one that wanted to do it. The uh, them going to brawl or whatever, whoever it was. Uh, well, yeah. basically the evasion type. Thing. Like the million dollar man says, everybody's got a price. Yep. I was, I, yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say like I I didn't uh, I didn't know about Bullet Club until when Finn Balor debuted in WWE and then I saw some of his old like days of indie wrestling and I saw he was part of that back like, wait what is this club like looked into it and I was like holy crap a lot of people have been in this club like a lot of names that I recognize pro wrestling yeah you know and then you had newer members you know like uh like Jay White you know and um, all these guys were starting to, I mean, like you said, you're starting to see these bullet club shirts everywhere. It doesn't matter what wrestling show you're at, you're wearing them. That's just the influence and the brand recognition that the bullet club has because they've had so many members from different um, wrestling countries. You know, they've had that, they, New Japan, they've had, you know, Australian wrestlers have been part of uh, Bullet Club. American wrestlers have been part of Bullet New Zealand, you know, England, Canada. In England, they've got members from every country that yeah. has been in and out of the Bullet Club and have really actually just carried the love of that club, like, no matter what promotion they go to. You know, even a, 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 I, I think I found it online, it was a video of I don't know if it was a house show or it was an after Raw show where Cody was in the ring with Luke Gallows and Anderson. And he said, I just want to be back with the boys in the club. And they did the too sweet thing in the middle. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, that is awesome. Like it was, you know. Um, so so there's that influence for that for that uh faction for sure. Well, looking at like cause you have Gallows and Anderson that are in WWE now, the club. Unfortunately, uh, the girls' destiny aren't no longer part of Bullet Club, and they form their own group, Bonsai. So they're still rocking in New Japan. Um, looking at the elite, you know. Oh, well, I was gonna say uh, the, you know, the, the comment we talked about earlier that the that the interview had two facts. It, it seemed like the elite, like like the Bullet Club, had two separate groups: the Bullet Club and the elite. Uh, like they had to create two facts. It, it seemed that way for a little bit. Like it was like like they had two factions of. <laughs> The book, kind of like the NWO, 
like NWO and NWO Wolfpack, but it was the Bullet Club and the Elite. Because uh, Cody Rhodes was once in the Bullet Club. And, yep, Cody. But they, they kind of split from the Bullet Club and then had the Elite. Uh, yeah. Elite versus Bullet Club, uh, Fighting Guts match would have been good. With the actual, uh, like, AJ Styles and Omega. See, and that's kind of what I was hoping for Forbidden Door was going to do, because you have this, or at least with bringing over Tama Tonga and um, Tamaloa. You know, bringing... like when uh, Adam Cole said uh, it was about the Bullet Club and the Elite, or like, yeah, like the Bullet Club and AEW or something like that. Like it, it basically seemed like that. You know, and looking at the Elite, you know, you had really Kenny the Bucks, the ones that you know started the Elite, and then now looking at it, you know, adding you know Marty Scroll, Hangman Adam Page, and then you know Cody Rhodes, and then. Having them kind of go off sides, well, sides Marty Scroll at this point, but looking at you know what those four men have accomplished and how you know look at that look at that pay per view that they that they did you know using Ring of Honor stuff, but look at you know they were able to sell out a non WWE pay per view, and then having Tony Khan be like, I need to back this, I need to get this into a company, and then of course you know you have all these on, and then you have AEW wrestling. So oh, without, you you know, know what, uh... I mean, and then you, I mean, you look at other influences that those guys have done yeah. too. I mean, look at someone like Will Osprey, uh, Osprey, who's off doing, um, um, Aussie Open. Uh, no, uh, their group name, the uh, King, not the King, oh. um, Embassy. Oh, Embassy. Sorry. Yeah. So you got Embassy, the, yeah. the Embassy that kind of branched off from the idea of Bullet Club and the Elite, you know, and you know, you got uh, uh, the Kingdom. Which is another faction that's another fun, yeah, that influence from those two groups. So, so you kind of see the influence that Bullet Club and the Elite have done now in this newer generation of factions. That you got those kind of like national, yeah. like groups that are you know coming over and doing other shows here. And the, I mean, you look at AEW doing stuff with with New Japan and all that, and you know bring those guys in like 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 Forbidden Door, and now you're going to get Forbidden Door too. You've got more options now, you know, with with bringing those kind of guys from those factions over to do a show with them. Yeah, it, it's it's um it's really crazy to see. Uh, Jason asked asked a very interesting question. Um, he asked, "You guys think we'll get a Bullet Club in WWE?" Well, they've tried it with the OC and Balor Club, and I think now, uh, maybe with Triple H, maybe I, if they bring over Jay White, you might have some kind time. of storyline with that. I think if they signed Jay White, uh, you know, Cody and Gales Madison's teamed up a little bit on the house shows. So he just was injured, but it doesn't necessarily mean he couldn't be in it. it yeah, yeah, Cody. Almost meowing. That's actually three leaders right there, uh, and AJ, Cody, and uh, Jay White, Gales and Anderson, and Wolfen Balor. That's four. So they could, but I don't. I don't know because they had the opportunity before with AJ and Balor Anderson. Yeah, they never, they never did it. Uh, but I don't know. Uh, it, it really depends on what Jay White does uh, at this point. If they, I think, yeah, I think they'll pay homage to the history with it, but I don't think it will be a full on. Probably like call Bullet Club. I think it'll be Bullet Club without being. Called it'll just be called the club. It, it, literally, yeah. what they've been doing with AJ Gallows and Anderson, they'll just call it the club. Yeah, and hopefully yeah. now that Vince McMahon's not fully in charge, 
hopefully we'll get what they should have done with the club. Or Bally in charge. Yeah, well, because you know, we you know, as a time of recording speculation, he's some kind of got some kind of hands in in something in WWE. It might just be that he's like the board of directors and all that fun stuff. Um, but you know, if you look at it, you know, Bullet Club really was that rejuvenance of factions. Oh, because uh, if you look, good. Oh, uh, I was gonna say something earlier. I forgot to say, uh, uh, I feel like Tony Khan was interested in starting AEW in 2017. Like he, mm. like he always had the goal to turn up for some promotion, and the name was originally going to be World's Best Wrestling. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't uh, think it sounds as good as and AEW. Then, and then All In happened. And yeah. Then, like, then well, originally I, I, I think uh, Jericho was asked to be a vice president, and that didn't happen. And uh, he just wanted to be a straight up talent. In the then, uh, like the elite are free agents at this time, and then. You know, get yet all in, then you have the elite and wrestling. So all elite wrestling. Uh, a lot of people like to say, uh, like it wasn't with Tony. Like, 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 like uh, of course the elite could have done AEW, but going to be oh, you know, as big as it, you know, has been. Uh, I know a lot of people give Tony a hard time about you know stuff, but uh, when with Tony Khan, none of Probably a lot of stuff wouldn't have happened. Sting probably would have never came back to wrestling with <laughs> Tony Khan. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like if it wasn't for the elite, really, Bullet Club, you know, we wouldn't have everything that we see today with AEW. So, really, well, I think I, I think there was going to be a promotion. Like it would just be. Uh, I think it won't be as big or as. It was basically the kickoff to. Uh, how do I say it? Like AEW was was gonna be AEW. Well, Tony Khan was gonna do his own promotion. It was gonna be a promotion, just not elite based. Yeah, and then uh, basically the elite. Uh, basically, Tony Khan's money, uh, which a lot of people forget, he's an actual really, really big wrestling fan. Uh, then you have the elite who are free agents. Uh, I'm not even gonna count Cody anymore. Uh, <laughs> Well, the thing is, you still have to like give Cody respect, yeah. you know, because he still helped start the show. Even though I don't necessarily agree with some of his comments, I left because it almost makes him look almost fickle. Or he basically you know, described himself. Like, uh, he basically right. described himself in AEW. Yeah, but uh, and basically, uh, well, and uh, the elite said if it wasn't for AEW, they were still going to start their own promotion. Yeah. True. Um, it was just one big collaboration, basically. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really, I think that's really what helped, you know, because yeah. now if you look at it, really, like almost both main shows, WWE and AEW, has some of the biggest factions, you know, probably of modern wrestling right now. You have the Bloodline, and then yeah. you know you have over in you know AEW, you have the BCC, you know, to an extent the JAS because they're entertaining yeah. as hell. Um, you just have so much going on. You have the firm. Is the elite still thing? The elite still. The elite still. Um, the elite still like a faction. So it's just trying to figure out what they're going to do from there. Yeah, because. Uh... Yeah. You know, looking at it, if you look at it, both the bloodline and the elite, in the last what two three years, they've had the best. Yeah. They've had some of the best storytelling within a faction that we've seen in a long time. 
I mean, yeah. you could kind of, you could kind of throw, even though it's not the biggest thing going on right now, and not compare to those two, but you could also have Honor No More going on in Honor No More. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, that, that was, was a dominant faction. Yeah, that, that was, was there that night. When they, when yeah, they that just that just came through after Ring of Honor. They're all like, "Hey, we're here yeah. now. Like, we didn't want to go anywhere else, but here now." So you know, and now you're starting to get, um, you know, um, Bennett and uh, what's his name, Tavern, right? Taven. Yeah, Mike. Taven. Yeah, 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 they got Taven. them coming over to AEW a lot now too. I mean, that's that's the nice thing about pro wrestling today with some promotions they'll, they'll work together and you can kind of see some of those factions reunite um in a promotion that you're watching yeah and like i said there's some promise um i feel like now with like dark order i feel like there's some promise with their storytelling again like i feel like they were in a rough spot with Stu grayson coming back i feel like there's a good i feel like there's a good momentum shift um going you know towards dark order and hopefully we'll get the Dark Order that we saw, or you know, or a better version of Dark I think, Order. Uh, this is a weird take, but yeah. uh, like, he, like, remember when in the beginning of AEW, like, like they teased like the exalted one, yeah. Like, you remember how Raven was uh in the crowd and no one thought he yeah. was, yeah. I could think bringing Raven and having me the leader would be something like, like, turn it back into like a cult type thing, like it was. Like, yeah. like, I like, I remember when they caught like they had that website, join the Dark Order, and then yeah, I, could sign I, up, I could sign up for that. I didn't get anything after that, but. But uh, yeah. I, I think they should turn them into like a full-blooded cult again. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel like they could easily do that, and it, and Hangman on Page, like Hangman like, being a leader, being a cult. See, that that's would, that'd be that's a bookie lead right there. That'd be so let's get Aiden on that. Um, doing a how would you book Hangman or a potential leader for that? That would because Hangman, I think you could. He has the character potential. And don't get me wrong, I love the millennial cowboy, cowboy shit stuff, but man, like to see like a different side of Hangman and have him be a cult leader, that'd be kind of fun. Have him be yeah. the next exalted one. Um, so who knows? Uh, like I said, it, there's a lot of d- cool stuff happening with factions. You know, of course, he had the bloodline. Um, everything with Sami Zayn was really good with um, Sami Zayn, the Usos, the whole like. Inner, that whole inner turmoil, which I love again, inner turmoil when it comes to faction. You know, the elite had it a couple of years ago. <laughs> uh, I'm not a song when like the elite's okay, and like all of them are singing uh, this, this sad song. Cody Rhodes <laughs> in the bathtub has a cigar, uh, and Marty Scrolls singing this whole thing. There's people who aren't even in the elite <laughs> who, are, who are upset about this, right? It was, it, it was, it was really funny. Uh, you know, I, I love how yeah. I think Chuck Taylor was in a bathing suit. <laughs> like, why are you? <laughs> I thought you just showed every people, everyone that's upset about the book club or whatever. Well, one thing that um, I just thought was kind of funny, I saw the other day, so I made a meme of this um, before we kind of wind down to our final question. Um, but if you look at it, um, Cody Rhodes got the money shakes and was like quoting Triple H. Yeah. Don't you think it's ironic that he is now working <laughs> under Triple H again? So is yeah. he just playing a character? Because like his wrestlers, they're they're you know they're big carnies at heart. They're carnies at heart. Yep, it's a. Uh, I remember that it was uh, Fight for the Fall, and then it, like it was like counter programming, and Cody Rhodes basically went off on WWE after like the first Fight for the Fall, and yeah, like, after it went off air, and him saying that now. 
Like some like, really fickle. That's well, well, it's not. It's no different of Bret Hart leaving WWF to go to WCW, and then yeah. coming back to WWE. You Good know, point. to do some stuff. Like it's it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, I think sure was. I think he'll end up right back in AW. I think so too. I think he'll have his his time in WWE. And then, and then when he comes back, back when he comes back, he's gonna. I don't know how the fans react. Oh, like like oh, just for a few minutes he gets booed, and then they start cheering him. They'll probably pop for him to come out, and then like oh, yeah. probably what's gonna happen next week is after WrestleMania, they'll have a, he'll probably have a couple good Raws, and then fans will just flip the but switch and they, turn back. Around. Like like I I like this. So fans like they well. Lane uh, really explained a few weeks ago, or a few nights ago, uh, but they they hated Cody Rhodes. He wasn't turned heel. He leaves. Uh, they're the biggest Cody Rhodes fan. He wins the title. They hate him. Then when he comes back to AEW, all the AEW fans said that they hated him. Now I like him. <laughs> and then when he wins the AEW world title, they don't like him again. Well, and you got to look at it, too. It's the, the same thing with Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know, like it's just it's such a weird. I I I personally think that the whole I think Cena maybe had a huge part in that where the whole they're shoving, you know, shoving you know wrestlers down their throats, and or like or they're politicking to get into that main event spotlight. So we should boo and hate this man because fans know too much now about the wrestling industry. People hated Roman Reigns. Oh, dude, I, you know, I was there. I, 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 I never understood. Like, I love Reigns. Like I, yeah, like they should have been doing. Yeah. Like, like Sam Punk's just like, like why weren't they doing this with Roman Reigns when he was getting booed? Like that's people were booing the hell out of him, and now when he's healed, they they cheer for him. It's yeah. Like I was at the Raw after Mania when he beat the Undertaker, and oh my god. Oh, people are ticked. <laughs> oh god, that was a bad. Because at least Brock made sense. You know, Brock to an extent made sense in that, but yeah. Um. Uh, well, but if you look at it, like you know, it's it's one of those things that I know we 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 talk about this quite a bit on this show, so it's something new. But you know, I think fans just know too much nowadays. I think they know that hey, we could they think that we could book a better show, we could book these guys better. Why isn't you know insert wrestler A, B, and C? Why aren't they having the world championship? You know, it's fortunately it's the wrestling business, not the wrestling friendship. So we got to realize, hey, sometimes it's Things don't work out, and if say if they're pushing Roman Reigns, obviously with Roman Reigns, you know he literally is probably one of the biggest merch sellers in any company right now. Yeah, I've seen uh, so, Cody Rhodes is uh, getting up there. Oh, I think Cody passed him now. Like yeah. I, I'm not gonna lie, I might buy his shirt because I actually bought cool. the one. I, I bought the one when he first. Uh, I, I didn't wear it once, uh, but but I. Uh, but I've got the one that the first one even he came back with uh with yeah. uh, Pharaoh and the uh yeah and it's kind of ironic because like there's an AEW shirt looks exactly like that <laughs> but just WWE because I have the, I have both of the shirts and I, I was looking in my closet and I was like these two shirts look the uh, same just WWE just one's got a pro wrestling T logo the other one has a WWE yeah logo <laughs> yeah all right well as we start to wind down here um. Some of like the more like quirky factions that some people forget. Um, you know, I think when we talked about the Spirit Squad earlier, you know, the Spirit Squad was an interesting one. Um, Jones. Night- What's up? 
And what were you going to say? No good. I was going to say the Jobber Squad. Jobber Squad, yeah, pretty much. Um, <laughs> well, well, like, had, so, like, that was an actual faction, yeah. I think. That, oh, yeah, I think so, yeah. The Jobber um, Squad. Don't forget the Factory. Can yeah, wow. I, I was going to say, I can name two of my favorite weirdest groups that I loved back in the day. The Oddities. <laughs> coming out to Insane Clown Posse. Yep. And Kai and Tai. <laughs> Kai and Tai, I freaking loved, man. I, I freaking loved. Thought about them. Um, Kai and Tai was such a good, like, like under the radar freaking like faction. I loved Prime it. Time or that was they were more of a team. Are you are you talking about Crime Time or Prime Time? No, Kai and Tai. Kai and Tai. Kai and Tai. Kai and Tai. So uh, Connor, since you like to research all this stuff, uh, Kai and Tai was a huge. Well, they weren't huge, but they were they were an essential faction going on in the Attitude Era of WWF in the late '90s. They were basically this Japanese group that just that were just silly, like, and they had like the whole group had a, like a feud with Val Venus. Oh, was that the one that goes the choppy choppy of PP? Because Val Venus yeah. was like messing with like the manager of that group's wife or something like that. Yeah, so, I know, like, I know who you're talking about now. Because Sony but, Ono, Sony but Ono, Funaki, Takamishinoku, like those guys were in it, and it was just it was so good. I know you're so talking good. about now because yeah, I, I think Sony Ono was one that said that yeah. choppy choppy, and then like that. <laughs> Choppy LP. <laughs> Choppy LP. <laughs> it is probably the weirdest, like most quoted wrestling moments. It's almost like that one, and then um, another weird one that I, I, I thought about this one today for some odd reason when I was at work um, was the uh, Hide or Write poem. <laughs> that to Michael Cole, like he lived like, yeah, that was. I don't think that passed nowadays. Uh, yeah, anything that Heidenreich did wouldn't yeah. like you went like you went to WrestleCon one time, Wayne, didn't you? I have been, yeah. Have you heard the story about what Heidenreich did at WrestleCon? Uh -uh. I was actually there, and he uh, apparently him and the him and the uh, person that brought him in got he got pissed off, and then he ended up flipping the table, throwing it. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! I actually seen D. Uh, Smith throw coffee on Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, kind of um, another fun like. Yeah, stop getting off subject. Oh no, you're good. What's well, the fun part about this show? We could we we could do a couple like tangents and be fine. Um, you know, another fun one I thought about the other day, just because I saw Heath Slater get get uh, pummeled by Brock Lesnar. Um, three yeah. MB, man, I know it's crazy to think that all three of those guys have held some kind of gold. Since leaving 3MB. Yeah. Jinder Mahal. Uh, basically all of them were champions except uh, Heath Slater. Yeah. Well, Heath Slater was tag champ. He did hold He did hold some belts. Yeah. Some tag yeah. belts. But he's never won an individual belt. Not yet. I would actually position yeah. for him to win the Impact Championship. Uh, Josh Alexander's hurt. I love when him and Rhino won the SmackDown tag titles. Yes. It, I thought it was so random at first. And then it became like an actual team. And now it, now today it's an actual team and uh, impact. Yeah, impact wrestling. Yeah, those two just have such a good relation. And then 
you know, he's got a couple independent belts. Um, he's one of Matt Cardona and Brian Myers, their FWF. Like he's their like interstate world champion. So he's got, so he holds the, and I have a picture with him from WrestleCon. Um, Cause I met him um, at, the, at Matt Brian's live show and he's like, come on, come here, man. I was just talking. He was like, come here, man. I'll, I don't care. I'm, I'm going to give you guys a free picture. And Heath, man, he's such a good guy. Like he, wow. he's he's seriously like I would love for him to win the big one at least once before. He's Slater. Yeah, I think he's Slater would be great. Impact. I think World. Impact. I think he could be a good Impact World Champion. I think you guys. Yeah. I think he could be. He's like the him. Like he look. Like he looks great now. He's jacked. Seriously, all three That's men true. have had a better career outside of three and B. Well, you also, but you also look at look at the fact of what winning the Impact World Title actually did for Drew and Bobby too. Yeah. Bobby Lashley, they it reinvented both of those guys when they returned to WWE. Oh, big time! And then they both won World Titles there. And yeah. if Heath can win the Impact Title, like who's not to say that if the opportunity knocks, he goes back to WWE and they give him like the Universal Title or the WWE Title, like just for the yeah. hell of it. Like who knows? Like because the one thing that you notice about WWE, and as much as you love them or hate them, one thing Vince likes is when somebody goes out of their way to to elevate themselves outside yeah. of WWE. He, they love that, and I think Trips is almost the same way. Especially um, Cody Rhodes. Yeah, and yeah. They, and they, and they love that idea. You know, they're like these guys have really reinvented themselves, and let's let's throw them in there. Let's see what they can do. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh. There's one faction, the uh, little MFers. You know the what? The the, the, the uh, little MFers. You know who that is? No. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was Matt Hardy and Shannon Moore. What? Uh, the, the little MFers. <laughs> huh. Crazy. All right. Well, that is going to do it for Talking Elite tonight. Uh, thank you guys so much for watching. Make sure you guys like, comment, subscribe down below. Uh, make sure you share this podcast. We are trying to grow our numbers um, every week. Um, we have, like I said, we're having so many fun shows coming up um, next week. Since uh, WrestleMania is this weekend, um, we are going to talk about some of our favorite WrestleMania moments next week and go over some of the most iconic WrestleMania moments uh, with superstars like The Undertaker, Flair, Shawn Michaels. So, we're gonna. I know we're gonna be kind of going more into WWE territory next week, but uh, I think WrestleMania is such a huge wrestling, you know, staple of you know, no matter what part of the fandom you're gonna be part of. So uh, we'll discuss some of our favorite moments from from the show, and yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, make sure you guys, uh, like I said, follow us on YouTube. Make sure you guys hit follow us on Twitter at All Eat Zone One. Um, we have our watch alongs. Um, tomorrow we'll be back here tomorrow night at 7 uh, p.m. Central for our uh, Dynamite Watch Along. So make sure you guys check that out. Uh, make sure you guys also check out our upcoming shows. Uh, we got Booking Elite coming up. Uh, we have a couple other like small show stuff coming um, in the pipeline. And of course, uh, our ROH you know, Watch Alongs, our Rampage Watch Along, and then uh, Monday nights with our WCW Watch Along. So uh, before we head off, Connor, Adam, is there anything you guys want to say before we go? Oh, see you no. at home on a yeah, just, just happy to be on tonight. Always great seeing you guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you were on. Yeah, missed you. And 
Glad to have you guys. So that being said, uh, thank you guys so much for watching our podcast on our uh, faction episode. Uh, make sure you guys go back, check out Talking Elite. Um, we have a lot of cool episodes, different topics. Um, so go back, go through our records, go check those out. And we'll see you guys next week for our WrestleMania Spotlight.